Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. Welcome back, everyone, to this awesome show, From the Bronx with Love. Dom, welcome back. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, you know, the beginning of the week, so... Mm-hmm. Had a good weekend, actually. Very relaxing weekend. Excellent to hear. Yeah, I was catching up on my TV shows. I also caught up on, I think, three television shows. Oh, which ones? Um, so these are like bottom of the list ones, but they're so short and super digestible as like, let me just do it. Right. Um, so I started off with Kimmy Schmidt which um has new episodes out on netflix um there's only like six episodes and they're like 28 minutes each so i finished that in one sitting on friday night and then um went into uh arrested development okay which is funnier definitely funnier than the fourth season but the ending kind of was lacking a lot for me Oh yeah, the series finale was kind of eh. Oh, season no. finale, I mean. Okay, season finale, right? Yes. Um, and I caught up on Love, also on Netflix. Wait, you're watching that show? Yeah, I know you and um, another friend of ours stopped watching, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I saw the third season and it is excellent. Actually. Okay, um, I'm a little bit like eh, about it. I mean, that's why I didn't message the group chat. Right, right. <laughs> okay, wow. I thought we had abandoned that show. Yeah, well, I didn't. I don't think I'm going back to it, to be honest. I really was like itching for a good like LA theme show. And I had just finished <laughs> re-watching Insecure, which is an amazing LA theme show with people yeah. of color. And it's beautiful. But I was like, okay, fine. I'll just watch Love. <laughs> <laughs> oh no so i caught up with the riveras obviously Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure some of you guys out there know who they are but i'll get into other details in another episode i caught up with that i caught up with jane the version the ending was so surprising that i was like oh my god not again but anyway i don't want to ruin anything for the the listeners and what else that and that's it i think oh (laughs) i thought it was more (laughs) i mean probably a lot more episodes though because i watched and um they were they were fair like a decent amount of episodes but not like 20 episodes each i feel like between the three of them i watched two good series in terms of quantity of Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I also watched Coco with my mom because, you know, it's a, it's available on Netflix now in Spanish. Beautiful. So we watched that. And yeah, pretty much that was my weekend. Lots of TV. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. Right? And speaking of favorite shows. Mm-hmm. And I think you were the one that got me into this show as well. Oh, yes. No surprise. Yeah. Sex in the City. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so today, that is what we are going to talk about. Uh, cool. Because um, if I'm not mistaken, their anniversary is coming up June 6th, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Actually, I just Googled this. <laughs> and the first episode aired on June 6th, 1998. Are you? Yep. <laughs> Y'all should see my face right now. I, like, just threw my phone on the ground. There's so, no way this show is 20 years old. Yep, exactly. I was just going to say this show is 20 years old. Wait, so then... How old was I when this show aired? I was eight. Eight? Or nine? Yeah, yeah, I think nine. Yeah, nine. What the hell? Mm-hmm. We just dated you, by the way. Everyone knows you're eight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind, but I don't know. It just seems like so long ago. I was. Well, six, I guess. Yeah, you were a baby. Yeah, but I remember watching it vividly or like sneaking to watch it at 12. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I watched it until I was probably like, what? Like, uh, let's see, I was probably like 26, maybe. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, Yeah. I like started watching it because I'm like, oh, this is a thing that like I know I'm not supposed to. So it was like... And we can have another conversation about like all the forbidden things that I used to watch, which were like, oh yes, I was a huge um, Arrested Development fan at twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so that should tell you everything you need to know about my personality. And I was a huge Six Feet Under fan too, also around twelve, thirteen. Oh um, my god! So I would, and I really vividly remember um, Six Feet Under and Arrested Development, but. Sex in the City, I don't. I remember just, like, kind of watching it, but then until I was an undergrad, I, like, binge-watched it twice over. So then when we met, I had a better knowledge of it because they watched it when I was much older, too. Like, I I had an understanding of it when I was younger, and I was like, ooh, it's forbidden. But then I also watched it again. Okay, I got it. Okay. Yeah, when I watched it, I was already, you know... And a responsible adult, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of things that happened on the show, I don't know. In my head, I was like, no, that's not possible. No, Carrie, you couldn't afford that. <laughs> and yeah, I just kind of watched it for the drama, I guess. Right. Because they, you know, they um, obviously there's like drama when in their dating life, in their professional life, and just overall things that they kind of like just went through and you know some of them I could relate to but most of the things I couldn't first of all because of where they lived mm-hmm. but anyway <laughs> yeah so it's it's 20th anniversary yes I guess this is why this very interesting article I happened upon came into my um into your into, radar into my radar because as you were talking and you said you had a very good, you're very cognizant of the inconsistencies yeah. of a show, which makes sense because it's a fictional show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were cognizant, but um, happened upon this Daily Mail oh my God. about a woman who is now 37 years old 
who modeled her life apparently around the the whole like living the glam life in the city modeled her life after Carrie Bradshaw and now I think the article calls her bitter and broken yeah that's exactly what they they say you know what when you first sent me the screenshot of the article I got confused because I looked at it quickly yeah I thought that sex in the city had you know taken bits and pieces from her life and you know to write this Carrie Bradshaw uh, character but then once you sent me the link then I realized I was like oh no why (laughs) didn't her parents ever tell her okay because look I think kind of like the reason also why I'm very aware of like certain things that I see on TV are not you know realistic is because ever since I was very young, my mom always told me things that you see on TV doesn't necessarily mean that you need to do them in real life. They're Uh meant to inform us or to entertain us. That is really smart. I think the only talk I've gotten about that was, um, well, it wasn't even like really a talk. It was like, this is why this show is banned. So you don't do this. Oh, and, um, I remember really clearly because it was like, during that time where there was like five kids that either like got really hurt or like died because they were trying to mimic wrestling and um, X-Men. So wrestling and X-Men. And I think Ninja Turtles was also the, all three of those were banned in my house because it like kids kept trying to mimic like all the action scenes. Oh my God. And I was told that's fake. Don't do that at all. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then your mom shouldn't read this article (laughs) (laughs) or else she will forbid, like, I don't know, maybe she'll forbid Insecure. Probably. Or (laughs) or retroactively forbid Carrie Bradshaw. (laughs) Yes. So this article says that Julia, Mm -hmm. it's the name of the woman, Mm -hmm. that she started watching the show and apparently thought that Carrie's life was achievable and realistic. (laughs) So I'm laughing because for those of you that haven't watched Sex and the City, basically Carrie amongst, you know, the three other ladies, but for this specific episode, we're going to focus on Carrie. Mm -hmm. So Carrie is a writer living in new york in a townhouse and i'm not exactly sure where i she's in manhattan yeah she's in manhattan for but, sure but yeah we don't know what neighborhood exactly so she's in, she lives in a townhouse and mind you she's a writer now i'm not gonna say that okay writers don't make good money okay they do but after they've established their career you know and also right. it seemed like she was barely at work right and she was always shopping for Manolo's and attending like the latest fashion events. So yeah, I I always questioned how she was able to continue that lifestyle. Yeah. See, that never really occurred to me, even in undergrad. One, I'm a writer and I really did want to be like, I wanted to be like Carrie Bradshaw in like that I wanted to make money off my writing. I never wanted to be an advice columnist at all. Okay. Um, but I did want to be a writer who 
made money and like lives really luxuriously off the money she made from writing. Okay. Basically. Right. And I did want to live in New York. Um, Mm -hmm. I am, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know. I guess like the economics, like I didn't live in New York city growing up watching this. And even in undergrad, even though I was living off, like I was living on campus in Riverdale, I was still very closely tied to home. So I didn't like understand the economics growing up in the city where I feel like you understood the economics of like, oh. it's so expensive. Like I had no concept of rent. Okay. You see, oh, I think that's where it differs then because I did. I was like, that apartment must be super expensive. Okay. So this Julia, mm-hmm. she is from Illinois Mm-hmm. And yeah, basically she modeled her life after Carrie <laughs> and she, she had her degree in, um, government. Yes. And government. And then she decided to become a writer all because she just wanted that Carrie lifestyle. Huh. And she attended, you know, some, you know, well-known events. And it says here that the reason why she had some of the, like expensive purses and jewelry and all that is because she also, you know, dated guys that were well off. And so those type of things were gifts from them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so obviously they're all a grab in the bag, honey, but wow, <laughs> that does not happen very often. Exactly. And, and it, and in the article, it does mention that she dated, you know, her share of Mr. Biggs. Mm. You want to explain a little bit? To the listeners who may are like may have like some familiar familiarity with the show, but probably doesn't like we know the characters inside and out. Yes, like, we do, Mister Big. Okay, and actually, Dom, I don't know if you remember that mm-hmm. one time I did ask you because I I think it was the very first time that I watched the show, and I was like, "What does Big do for a living?" Oh yeah, you remember that, right? Yes, because. Like the way that they portrayed him in the show, it was like he was this big shot and, you know, taking Carrie on trips and he had his own uh, drive. And so that made me question as well what the hell he did for a living, because I don't remember that point ever being covered Mm -hmm. in the show. I don't remember it ever being in the show, but it is in the movie. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And his name is in the movie, too. John Prescott. So why do they call him Mr. Big? Because he's, like you said, a big shot. Oh, got it. Yeah. Um, he is a real estate developer in New York City. Ah, uh-huh. OK. So this Mr. Big, obviously, he has money and he's a player as well. <laughs> Yeah. And he's dating Carrie, but Carrie definitely wants to establish kind of like this serious relationship and he doesn't. And so they go on and off. Big gets married to someone else. A then model. He, he, oh yeah. A model younger, way younger mm-hmm. than him. And Carrie. Yes. And Carrie. <laughs> and then eventually he ends up cheating on his wife with Carrie and then afterwards, they divorce, I think. And, it, okay, basically, this gets all complicated. But the, yeah. just to, for you guys to get the gist of it, they go on and off dating, and it's just like this roller coaster of emotions. Right. 
<laughs> so if Mr. Big was ever a little bit Latino. <laughs> I don't suspect. Know. It does. But you see, one Mr. Big in Carrie's life was a lot. Now oh, imagine yes. dating a couple of them. Now that is just like too much. And and like like you listed off, you're like Mr. Big was a player um very rich so like when she said she dated a ton of mr biggs like what is she referring to is she referring to all of them being players or rich or is she referring to like some of them being players some of them being rich or like some of them being married did she only date like rich married player man like what i think it might have been a combination of like you know either or because she was definitely going for, if she was going for that Carrie lifestyle, all the guys that she dated must have been rich. Because mm-hmm. Carrie never dated someone poor. No, even um, Aiden, who Aiden loved like a simple life, but Aiden yeah. owned like a store. He bought the second house next to Carrie to make yes. it bigger. Aiden would always go on these like trips to upstate. Like I think he had a house upstate. He did. Yes. So, so even Aiden, who likes to live the simple life, also was that poor. <laughs> she she always dated some guys that, you know, looked simple, but then apparently they had like some family money and like this very extravagant, you know, background or whatever. You need to have family money to like live comfortably. Exactly. Exactly. So then <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm laughing at this article. I'm sorry. I can't help it. And then it says that, you know, after she accomplished all of the things that she had on her list, she felt, did it say empty? I think it said empty in the article. Mm -hmm. And so I also don't know, like, through what lens she was viewing this show. Like, was she just viewing it because of the fancy parties, the nice clothing, and the hot, rich man? Because Carrie also went through, like, a lot of emotional stress, I guess, because of all this dating back and forth, and even with work. Yeah. And financial issues as well. That would be my number one stressor. Like, I think one of the biggest things that even living in New York, not as like um, a fancy socialite in the making, but like as a grad student working two jobs, um, <laughs> living in the Bronx, um, the like financial cost and burden that people like carry. And I'm a little bit more comfortable. So I like, and I had enormous economic anxiety for someone who's comfortable and like has a comfortable background in the suburbs yeah me me i had enormous economic anxiety i'm so i empathize so much with people who have less means than me but then like her life is just like she really set herself up exactly to have really bad economic anxiety and she is (laughs) actually one of the more privileged people in our society yes so i'm just like Now, when I look back, I'm like, that's too expensive. That's going to cost three months paycheck. Yes. (laughs) And for you, remember, there is an episode on the show where Carrie goes shoe shopping and her card is denied. 
And she keeps on telling the sales rep to, you know, keep on trying and everything. And then the cashier just like literally takes scissors and cuts her card in half Mm -hmm. because she did not have any more money (laughs) to keep buying shoes. But somehow she had money to keep on living in that apartment. Right. So I'm like, eh. They also always had money to brunch at that diner. Dude, I think she only used her kitchen like once or twice in the show. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read a little bit of the article. Mm-hmm. And it says, I quote, I grew up a nerd in Chicago, more likely to duck into the library than to talk to other kids at recess. And then this is from the article as well. But once she saw Sex in the City in her senior year of high school, she figured she can completely reinvent herself. So she was, I, from what I see here in the article, she was a very shy child growing up. And then I think like the show had an effect on her where it's like, oh, I moved to New York City. I can be this completely new person. And I think also she had this idea that all New Yorkers were like this. Mm-hmm. And that they, they had this very glamorous lifestyle. Because she also says in the article, I wanted to be like Carrie and her friends. I wanted to be glamorous and beautiful and dress well and have lots of dates. I realized I didn't have to be a geek anymore. Yeah, I feel like that's the propaganda that New York City like gives to people. Because like, that's how I felt too, um, is like, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. You know that saying? I, I just remembered that Jay-Z song. Yeah. And like people, for me, I don't think, you're like one of the very few like native born New Yorkers I know who are in New York. And like I have friends who are New Yorkers who are all have like my background or like are from small towns across America. Like New York is like the place for transplants to like completely be who they are away from yeah. where they were. So like that to me is like, yeah, doll. Like that's what they came into the schools telling us about New York city. This is the <laughs> propaganda. That's how they get us. So she really fed into that propaganda and yeah. like took it so literal mm-hmm. that she was like, okay, well, let me just be this person. Yes. <laughs> and that's where people, kind of take it as like okay if you make it in new york you can make it anywhere and it's like that's not how you make it in new york that's how you set yourself up for failure in yeah new york. that's how you set yourself up for failure in anywhere that's like where you know the living cost is far exponential than anywhere else in parts of you know the country you can't like you cannot do this in like major cities Maybe like Birmingham, Alabama, <laughs> you can live this luxury, like luxurious lifestyle. Seriously, you would be the most luxurious out of the whole town. <laughs> you can't be popping off like this in New York City if you don't have like like um you mentioned family money. Yeah, or for example, I mean, well, I mean, she did acquire her you know, designer items because of the men she dated. And she says it here. That's smart. 
She says, different men I dated gave me YSL shoes and status purses, just like Big did for Carrie on Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. So she was really chasing after these men. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's smart. <laughs> well, yeah, that part, yes. <laughs> and then she was also about to get her own reality show. I okay yes so I read that and that is like when I kind of stopped watching Bravo I don't know if the listeners know this but Karen and I are obsessed (laughs) especially with the Housewives franchise I think I'm a little bit more because I literally watch all of them like New York New Jersey Atlanta Potomac um uh, OC, that's what got me into it. Um, Beverly Hills. And what else? There's another one. I think there was a brief um, Housewives of Texas and then the Housewives of Miami. So okay. I watched them all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Karen, your favorites are? Oh, my favorite Housewives? Or my yeah, favorite? Or like, like, yeah, the favorite like Housewife franchise. Oh, just the Beverly Hills. See, because Karen has luxurious taste. Yeah, because so they're the out. richest. And yeah. the other one? When I watched the one in New York, I was like, you're not rich because <laughs> I think I can very well attend those places too. <laughs> so I was like, eh, no, just the Beverly Hills Housewives. I mean, for anyone that has watched that show, they throw like amazing parties. Mm-hmm. And although maybe the show, certain parts might be scripted or whatever, but you know, these women come from money. Yeah. So it's not like something that's just based off like, you know, something that someone, a character that someone came up with. Right. <laughs> but yes, um, this girl yeah. was going to get her, her own show, but they only shot, I think, like a few pilots and then it wasn't picked up. But then she was also on another show on Bravo, which is why I mentioned Bravo. Um for like only one season. And I remember seeing this show, like the promotion for it. Cause I'm obsessed with Bravo and right. I do keep track of Marvel shows. So I don't only just watch the um, housewives, but I used to really be into below deck. We're both into Vanderpump rules. I, um, what was it? What was another show that I watched? Oh, I loved gallery girls. It was so annoying, but I loved it. <laughs> um, Long Island princesses or princesses of Long Island. I used Ooh. to watch. Yeah. All okay. Of them. So actually, scrolling through this article, mm-hmm. and what? And tardy for the party. Okay. No, that one sounds fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so scrolling through the article, it says right here: one of the pilots was picked up in 2011 by Bravo with a show called Miss Misadvised. Yes. Centering around a quote real life Carrie Bradshaw. Yes. Hmm. I remember. I did not watch that. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and in the article, it also says that, <clears throat> you know, I guess at the beginning she was excited, but then that's when like she started realizing that this Carrie lifestyle wasn't realistic. And that uh, she said that she was okay with the show not being renewed. And mm-hmm. also by then, like several other publications kind of like started talking about her and, you know, she, she wasn't feeling that. Yeah, it's like towards the bottom of the article. It says right here that, you know, they were calling her a fame whore. (gasps) Oh. Yeah. So 
you know, trolls on the internet nowadays mm-hmm. can really get to someone. So that's when kind of like she started reevaluating her life choices. All right. So in this last part of the article, it mentions how, you know, this woman went on a spiritual retreat in order to do a social media detox as well, but also kind of like reevaluate her life and her decisions. And, you know, later on, she realized that modeling her life after Carrie was not the best decision she could have taken. I mean, yeah, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then she says that she wonders what her life would have been if she had never watched the show. Oh yeah, which I think that was like, I, I would say that was like a drastic thing to say. I would say so as well. And I say that as someone who's a huge consumer of television, it's actually the reason why I like speak English the way I do sometimes, oh, right. why I have the sensibility I have, because I basically use sitcoms to teach me how to speak English. Um, so I like really utilized American media in a very like um, comprehensive fashion. Yes, you used it in the right way. <laughs> and um, I really like you guys probably can get a little glimpse of how into I'm like I am when it comes to a character that I really love like it they're like family to me so I think that also comes as part of being like an only child and like my only friend really growing up was tv so this is coming from someone who really really consumes television yeah it's like you grew up with tv yeah and I would not even say I wouldn't even go there (laughs) and say what she said so I feel like that's incredibly dramatic um (laughs) One point, as a grown woman, you have agency over your life. Right. You have freedom. It's not a television show dictating how you live. <laughs> I guess maybe they should have added, like, a disclosure. Please do not do this at home. Or please do not model your life after these characters. Right. Also, I feel like around 8 or 10, you can really tell, like, what is fiction and what is not. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll link the article in the show notes so that you guys can take a look at it because it goes into depth. We kind of like just dissected a few parts. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask your thoughts because she does talk about like kind of where she is at after the whole like the um, calm after the storm of that part of her life. So I wanted to ask you like what were your thoughts when she like had to do a social media detox and like get all zen after this part of her life I think that was still a carry move Mm. yeah I really do see it as like that was the last thing that she's like okay Carrie would have done this and I'm gonna do the same thing and in that retreat she realized that what she was doing was wrong and you know she kind of like let go of that but I mean I kind of think that it's a very privileged thing to do just because not everyone has the resources to just say I'm gonna go on this spiritual retreat and just evaluate my life and whatever like not a lot of people have that privilege to be honest I was not expecting that from you oh what are your thoughts then 
Oh, I, well, okay. So my thoughts were, I don't want to diminish like someone getting, like going through a spiritual journey, but it kind of read as, I read it as like, I do kind of read it as like privileged white woman BS. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. That's like the thing they do when (laughs) things start crumbling down. Um, Even though I like do like, oh, I'm doing a spiritual awakening and I do 30 minutes in the sauna and it's opened my pores and now I can see the universe. I know there's a little bit of hypocrisy there, whatever. (laughs) Um, But that like, for me, it was kind of predictable that that would happen. Um, oh, really? Yeah, but I didn't see it as predictable as like, oh, that's such a carry move. I, just, I saw it as predictable as like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Huh. There are two different points of view there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do think, though, overall, the detox is helpful because Mm -hmm. she and I know this society and I don't want to like give a huge like like just um condemnation of society because I don't have the bandwidth um (laughs) but I was going to say like she's very in tune like her brand was built around her image and like that's what social media is and we are very social media driven society so I feel like kind of removing herself from that um would help her kind of like find a part of her personality that isn't revolved around like having a social media presence. Cause you can really easily fall into like that being your personality. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Kim Kardashian. Oh, um, great point. Yeah. So I think that like, basically she saved us from her being like the New York city version of Kim Kardashian. Oh no. Okay. Whew. I think <laughs> she did that retreat. Yes. <laughs> And before we leave this topic, mm-hmm. we're going to do something exciting, <laughs> which I've been looking forward to. That is true. Okay, so we're, we're going to take a quiz to determine which character from Sex and the City we are. So we're also going to link the quiz in the, in the show notes so you guys can also, you know, try it if you're interested. All right, so we are done taking the test. Mm-hmm. And Tom, you want to go first and reveal who you got? Okay, I think when um, I think when it came up to like number four and it said choose your fabric and I chose the denim, I was like, mm, I think I already sealed my fate. Ah, and I was like, okay. I don't think I'm going to like this. Um <laughs> But I got Miranda, a.k.a. Cynthia Nixon, who is running for governor of New York. Right. Um, I, did up, no like, I did not like her character. I didn't I don't, either. Yeah, I don't think I'm a Miranda. And guess what I got? Did you get Samantha? I got Miranda. You got Miranda too? <laughs> yes. There's no way we're both Mirandas. No, we can't be Mirandas. There is something wrong with this test. Yeah. Okay. We definitely need the listeners to do this because we need to figure out if there's a glitch. Because for fabric, I chose leather. Oh, that is so you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know where I went wrong and I chose something Miranda related. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I was like, you know what? I can't lie to myself. I love denim. 
or Fabletics. Oh, <laughs> but they don't yes. have that. You live in Fabletics. Exactly, but they don't have that option. <laughs> so I chose the next comfortable thing. Um, and then I, then I think I like, oh, this is the one line that I, um, I feel like I actually said this today, but it was number 11 Uh on the quiz. And it's like, what's a quote you've said before in your life? And it's, um, I'm so bloated and gassy. I feel like a flotation device. And I was like, oh, that's (laughs) literally me. Why I'm drinking so much kombucha because I feel like, I'm a balloon. Ah, yes. I'm like, oh, that does sound like, I think that does sound like Miranda when she was pregnant with Brady. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, sounds "Mm -hmm." familiar. I really did just seal my fate. And I was like, as I was taking it, finishing it up, I was like, I'm not going to like the results. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. So we're going to link the test, take it, and share your results with us. We want to know, who are you guys? I'm Miranda, Samantha. Charlotte or Carrie. Anyone you want to highlight them or any show since we're on that topic of shows? Um, no shows. Um, because I know that I'm in the doghouse right now because I still have not watched Vita. (laughs) Yes. So I have not yet so no show because i feel like i can't say a show without not having watched your suggestion first (laughs) okay actually for my recommendation i was going to say vida oh okay yeah because i fin i'm up to date on the episodes and i'm not sure there's going to be another one before like the season is done which if it is i think it's pretty short but i guess it's the pilot so you know maybe that's why it's short yeah i think both the office and parks and rec were um they were both six episodes each oh really yeah okay okay so then that makes sense i was freaking out but okay anyway once Dom watches, <laughs> we yeah. will do an in-depth review of this. Okay, awesome. Okay, and for Dom's favorite episode, I mean, no, for <laughs> Dom's favorite section. <laughs> Who are you sending to hell today? I am going to send Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who's the press whatever for the, what is, what are we calling him now? 45, um, something Rubio. I don't know. We just call him Cheeto. Cheeto for Mm -hmm. the Cheeto administration. Um, So it turns out that I think sometime around this year, last, this yeah, this um, season last year, uh-huh. when um, it was revealed that Don Jr. Um, had met with a Russian agent um, in the Trump Tower um, by the New York Times, uh, he released a statement, and people have speculated that the statement was dictated to him by his father, Cheeto. Um, oh. And... 
Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and um, I think he's also part of the White House Council, Jay Sekulow, have come out adamantly, and also Don Jr. have come out really adamantly saying, no, this was a statement crafted by me. The president doesn't even know this happened. What happens to the, um, not today, but this week, the complete reversal. So they were lying then. <sighs> and Sarah has the audacity to say she has better credibility than the press. And I'm not going to go hard for the press. I'm a journalism major undergrad. Um, and I know that like sometimes journalists can have a bias. Right. And, you know, like news can be, you know, with, you know, the era of clickbait, like things mm-hmm. can be misleading. So I'm not out here like keeping for journalists. But the thing is, she and the rest of the conservatives and Republican Party made a huge stink about how Michelle Wolf during the White House Correspondents' Dinner, like, pointed out that Sarah, B- Sarah Huckabee Sanders lies every single day at the podium. <gasps> they, like, made a huge stink about Michelle Wolf calling them out. And look at what happens. They, they called themselves out. And then she has the nerve to be like, oh, I have more credibility than the press. Like, no, you don't. And you never did. And that's why Michelle Wolf called you out. Now, Michelle Wolf was thrown under the bus. And I think she's a rather funny woman. Her voice kind of irritates me. But I think that's part of her, um, that's part of her shtick. That's part of her, like, comedic, I don't know, um, signature um, okay. is her voice. But either way, she was really funny. And she was on point. And then they threw her under the bus for pointing out that Sarah Huckabee Sanders lies. And it came out that she blatantly lied. Ah, Take a breath, Dom. Yeah. (laughs) That was a marathon. (laughs) Yes, it was. Oh, man. So much drama going on there. Such hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm Mm-hmm. I'm not really going to give my opinion on that because you're the expert on this. <laughs> I think we're going to have an episode about how much I say on top of current events and how much I'm just like spark notes <laughs> for you. For you are. <laughs> but thank you for sharing that. Uh, I'm not sure if all the listeners are aware of that, but you just gave us the rundown. Yeah. I mean, DM me. I'll give you a lot of news. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So that wraps it up for this episode. And don't forget to subscribe. Obviously, give us a review. We would really appreciate that because I don't think we have that many. (laughs) And also share this episode with other fans of Sex in the City. Please do it. Yay! Well, catch you guys on the next episode. See ya. Buenas noches. Bonne nuit. This podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with Love is part of Anthology House Media.